It was the year of fire. The year of destruction. The year we took back what was ours. It was the year of rebirth. The year of great sadness. The year of pain. And the year of joy. It was a new age. It was the end of history. It was the year everything changed. The year is 2261. The show, the name of the pod. Episode 82, No Surrender, No Retreat, in which Sheridan brings the fight to Clark's forces and Londo asks Jakar for help. Relieving you of command and seizing control of the bridge, this is the name of the pod, your Babylon 5 podcast about the enduring cultural legacy of Babylon 5 as we take a look at it through the lens 20 years later of how it has impacted a lot of our favorite uh, programming and genre and otherwise. I am one of your hosts, Chris Tatro. And with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, John Cassie. I will never relieve the. I will never surrender this bridge. I will never stop supporting President Clark, because I'm an aging character actor, and I'm in a seat that has arms that are far too, far too high. <laughs> now, he, he wasn't even all that aging character actor at this. This was before he was on Scrubs. He has plenty of good years left in him. Right, right. Yes. His paint's not peeling off. He's good for years. Absolutely. To, uh, Absolutely. to quote my favorite movie of all time, Henry II in The Lion in Winter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Chris, one of the things that we've said about our show is that for reasons that we can't quite discern, when we don't like an episode so much our own program seems to go on a little long and when we like an episode mm-hmm. a lot uh we tend to be on the shorter side certainly our shorter episodes have generally been some of the ones we've liked the best and by that metric this episode <laughs> of the name of the pod is going to be about 11 minutes long because good we night lo- everybody yeah <laughs> i'm sure you all watch this and if you did you agree with us it was a slamming episode yeah, I, I would go so far as to say that it may be my favorite episode of the series so far. I would agree with that. You know, it's it, it's missing maybe some of the, you know, it doesn't have the, the Shadow War elements that that really, I think, are are a lot of what, what people remember about Babylon 5 here 20 right. odd years later. Right. But... Uh, but other than that, it's it's just you know it's got it's got uh, nearly everything. Right. Um, this th- th- this is the first episode since the Shadow War where I haven't missed the Shadow War in some respects. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I've I've appreciated that the war's over and we're going to now tell uh, a a story that we didn't fully make you realize was going to be the story all along. Great. We've talked about that. Um, We've had a lot of noodling getting to what I, you know, the, the, our, our last week, our sort of two parter last week about the Mimbari civil war, I think is, is the first sort of resolution of this. What is the third age going to look like? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, on Mimbar, it's going to look like a newly constituted Grey Council. And this one committed not to balance, but to building. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's up to the Mimbari to decide. Now here, we get our other great races who are remaining, all moving towards some kind of an answer to that question. 
Right. Right. And and that's and that's exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, the the new the new world is not put into place fully, but it's in the very least a rejection of the current status quo. Yep. Um, as seen in the Clark administration. Yeah, yeah. I I think that that when when Sheridan provoked by Clark's actions and inspired by Ivanova's rage, you know, commits to this, you know, this far and no further, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're pulling out all the, let's get the war room back up to speed, you know? You know, let's get some charts out there and, you know, lots of, lots of good looking acetate, you know, (laughs) got to pull my records together and we've got to get our act and we've got to get this thing done, right? Yeah. And decisiveness. yeah, exactly. There's this yeah. forward momentum finally. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I mean, we we knew as the audience, even if we hadn't watched this before, Sheridan is going to have to be a catalyst in some way to make this sure. happen. Right. Sure. Uh, you know, he's not going to let the Earth Alliance come screaming through the jump gates and blow Babylon 5 to pieces. And, you know, the secession in this case, is sort of more a political statement and a refocusing of the that part of the Earth Alliance onto the greater threat, which, of course, is the shadows at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sheridan, I think, would describe himself as a as a patriot, a person of uh, of ethics, you know, a I man of he, principle. I think he describes himself with that word in this very episode. Yeah, yeah. And so it's time for, you know, it, it's, it's time for a patriot to act kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so we, you know, we see it. Right. Yeah, he could very easily, uh, well, maybe not very easily, but they've, they've managed so far to kind of create their little fiefdom of Babylon 5. Right. Protected by the Minbari cruisers, you know, sure. and, and and various deals with the non-aligned worlds and and such to keep them supplied and keep them functional, right? Um, even though they're cut off from Earth, they, you know, they could very well just say, "All right, we're gonna we're cutting ourselves off, build a nice sort of partition here between us and Earth, and uh, and we're out." Yep. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't make for a heroic story. Yeah, you know, it's that's not very not, Sheridan. Definitely not very Sheridan. Right. Right. It is interesting, and we'll come back to this next week, that it appears to be uh, Garibaldi's choice. Mm. Right? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bail on this. My my Sheridan hostility, my obsession with him as um, as a kind of messianic figure is so strong that I'm gonna give away lots of parts of my personal and political and and life identity and yeah. not stand against president clark well right. i mean i think we he 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 notes that he he's going to where he wants to find a way to make a stand but not sheridan's way right so right. what how he's going to accomplish that by going to mars not sure but uh he's He's resourceful. He will find something to do, you know, that will, he, he still has the same principles, you know, underneath, 
that Sheridan has of, of you know, hating this oppressive right. totalitarian system, yeah. uh, wanting to, you know, wanting to bring freedom to his, his fellow humans. Um, and he's just, he's just not going to do it Sheridan's way. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. All that's yeah, right. I, he, had, he had to leave. He had to get out of there because there's no way to do anything. There's no way to be on the station and not follow Sheridan's lead in a bigger picture. Impossible. Yeah. Right. And He's not just up all be- the oxygen. That's right. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not just because, you know, Bruce Boxleitner's name comes first, <laughs> but rather because the character has had this heroic arc written. Mm-hmm. And to do otherwise, frankly, wouldn't make all that much sense. Right. Right. Um, So, Proxima 3 is first, mm-hmm. and he's got a fleet of white stars, and he's confronted with this sort of unique challenge of how to defeat them without, you know, turning them yep. into, into mayonnaise. Yeah. Right. How, how to defeat them without becoming them. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And... And, and salvage from this battle potentially allies. Correct. You know, always, Correct. always a, a top consideration. You know, uh, not firing. Don't fire on ships unless they fire first, unless they declare themselves hostile. Right. You know, right. Some of some of them had taken great cautions not to fire on civilians. Well, right. okay, that's a sign that maybe, maybe they're willing to listen to reason. Maybe, and there's a lot of tension in this episode about. Mm about that in the sort of the middle acts, mm-hmm. right? How is this going to resolve? Um, are we going to have to, you know, you know, burn hard and destroy all these ships to liberate Proxima? Because Proxima is going to be, elimin- uh, is going to be liberated. Mm-hmm. You know, one way or another, yeah. Proxima is going to be, you know, re- re- restored. Right. They don't want to blow up all of the Earth destroyers. They don't want to kill all of those fellow humans. You know, uh, it's right. for, in the forefront right. of their minds. You know, if, if there's another way to do it, they, they want to follow and do it that way. Right, right. And, you know, as is typical, Sheridan's approach is both militarily canny and mm-hmm. socially canny. Right. Politically canny, right? You know, I mean, he 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 remains, uh, you you know the, you know the, the the cleverest mm-hmm. man on the field. Um, and he makes the appeal that he always makes, and positions himself as a leader, uh, who is absolutely true to who he is. He's, in 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 those respects, he's he's unchanged. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, virtually right. from we, day we one. We heard him make the same appeals when Babylon Five was under attack by the Earth Force cruisers back last season during the secession. You know, it's an illegal order. Yep. Yep. You know, you 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 are obligated by law to not follow an illegal order, and he's appealing to the to the uh, the, the the military tradition to the. Um, to the military background of his fellow commanders, one of whom he knows very well, 
to, uh, you know, to, right. to stand down and do the right thing here. And, you know, in some cases it works and he gets through and in some cases it doesn't work or, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily know anything about the background of the, the captain of the Heracles um, and, and what makes him so devotedly Clarkist. It'd be, right. it would be interesting to kind of, to get a little more of that. Maybe if, if there'd just been a little, a little nugget in there of why is he on that side? What's, what, what about it yeah. is compelling to him? Is it, is it that well, Clark is my commander in chief? And I'm just, and I, I, you know, I'm not right. questioning. Or is there something in the underlying kind of political tones and messages of Nightwatch and of these ministries that is compelling to him? Yeah, yeah, uh, just a little bit mm-hmm. of shade, a little bit of nuance would have would have been helpful in understanding the the true level of the dimension yeah. of this thing, right? And I think in some respects that might go back to our. To our point about uh, the level of JMS's um, writing mm-hmm. skill subtlety, like I think I think that would have come off yeah. in Sense Eight, right? But I think you know it doesn't here either because he doesn't have an interest. He wants the villain to be to mm-hmm. read a little cartoony, right? Or because he didn't he didn't think about it, or he didn't think that would be a thing that would yeah. be of value. Yeah, he's really setting up the he's setting up right? the, the poles. Yeah of Sheridan and this captain of the Heracles. And then in right. yeah, the fleet the commander, fleet commander in, yeah. in the center is his old friend, Mac or Mackie. Um, right. Mackie. And, yeah. And the other ships, and we the don't other really ships, see the maybe of the other ships until the end. So it's, it's really, that's right. You know, yeah. it's really, you've, you've got this, this triangle set up and, 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 we don't need to know the background necessarily of the fleet commander, we, uh, other than to know that he's, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be the problem. Yeah, he represents uh, kind of your 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 yeah. mainstream position. Uh, my job is to follow orders. Uh, this is not so aberrant that your point is one I'm even gonna hear. Yeah. My my job is to you know my job is to execute right and and for those people who are who are making that point, it's it's often girded by a a, a very clear desire to keep the military out mm-hmm. of political affairs, which yeah. is a good thing. You don't want the military doing what Sheridan is doing. Right. In, right, I, yeah, right. As, if I were a, a fleet commander and, and were faced with someone who had seceded from Earth and broken away and betrayed all of these vows, you know, yeah, you know, even, even if I were kind of on the line about my loyalty to Clark, well, I definitely don't like this guy over here. Uh, so so that's, I'm sure that's feeding right. into it as well. But really, at the end right. of the day, everybody in this episode, I think... In in all of the story arcs in this episode, everybody thinks that they are building a better world. Yeah, that's exactly the right way to think about it. And, no one is acting from a position of mustache-twirling right. villainy, right? Uh, it is not at all unreasonable 
particularly if you haven't been uh, watching the 26-part Netflix uh, 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 history of the recent Shadow War. If you don't mm-hmm. know anything about Sheridan, you know he's a hothead. You know he's capable of great military strategy. Uh, you know that he can be a little off the... Uh, uh, off the beaten uh, path. Uh, yeah, yeah. Off, off the beaten path. He's got an affiliation and with aliens to some degree. Where are his alliances? Right. And why... Right. And, and why would you naturally right. follow that? Clark is problematic. Yeah. Well, Sheridan is too. And it's that... Mm-hmm. It's that struggle that that they all that they all uh, kind of undergo. Right. The people we see. That's yeah. very tasty. Okay. Um, now you can see evidence of this all over uh, the mm-hmm. expanse, all over Galactica. Okay. Um, and so when we when we push this program forward and look at the shows that have come after it, uh, the the you know these questions are are really rich. They're rich questions yeah. for the '90s, probably richer in the '70s. To be frank, yeah, right. Um, and 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 uh, you know more so now, which I'll come back to. Um, right about at the same time. The, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the show being filmed across the street is doing much mm-hmm. the same kind of work. You know, what does it mean to be the Earth Alliance? Well, it can't be what Clark is defining it as. It can't be. According to Sheridan and, and yeah. Right. Yeah. According to Sheridan, right? You know, what, what is left of the Federation if you put Earth under military rule as it did in the episode that Robert Foxworth bailed on we, Babylon we, 5 to do he was over at Paramount, right? You know, off screen. Right. Yes. <laughs> Goldstein. Exactly. Goldstein. Death. Death. Right. You know, um, so, you know, the, the, these questions are, 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 are all in the, the, right. the, the zeitgeist. Um, well, we we can't have a federation if dot dot dot. We can't have the Earth Alliance if mm. dot dot dot. And you know what what does it mean to be a member of the the colonies, Galactica? What does humanity owe each other in the face of an existential threat? Mm-hmm. Expanse. We're all humans. It doesn't matter whether you're at Mars or you're in the belt or you're on Earth. We're all humans. And yet our cultural divide makes it almost impossible for us to talk to each other. We don't have a cultural divide here, but we do have a perspectival Absolutely. divide. And, right. That's based on, on how aberrant right. Clark's politics are. And there are there are some, I'm sure, who would believe that that well, yes, the, the Earth Alliance is best seen in what Clark is putting forward. You know, where we are bringing together the nations of Earth. It is Earth first. We are 
you know, opposing the, right. the alien intervention that's and keeping them from being right. from lording over us. Um, you know, right. strength through military prowess. Um, you know, might makes right, right kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that's right. Fear the other. They are not us. We have got to protect ourselves first. These are not strands of thinking that are unique to 1996. They aren't unique to our time here in 2019. You can go all the way back to the founding of this country and find those kind of nativist perspectives. They have run a thread all throughout unique to the United States, the history of the either. United States no, and I of think the West. You can go back further and right, further, right, yeah. right, and of the it's West, endemic in the human correct, condition correct. almost. Um, but yeah, is it yeah. is it the limit of what we are and what we can be? Right, right. That's what Sheridan mm-hmm. offers. Ethics, a universalist approach, democracy, and uh, and the rule of law. All sounds like perfectly good things to me. All sounds like perfectly reasonable things, right? Um, Even though there are always going to be people who Mm -hmm. don't want those things. Or, yeah. For whatever reasons motivate them. Who believe they're pursuing those things. And that the other side is using illegitimate tactics or approaches to that un, that undermine their right. their stance. You know, as, as Sheridan is, you know, is seen here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it was interesting to me watching this to think about the mm-hmm. fact that it's in the '90s, and imagine if this show had been made just ten years later. Mm-hmm. Iraq War, insurgency. Abu Ghraib. I yeah I don't I mean no I can can't. you imagine how that I would have I don't influenced think the show gets made the way this stuff it is ten years later. Um, you know, totally ten years not. later, you're you're square in the realm of, uh, you know, of of twenty four, of enterprise, right? Of of shows that are, frankly, more on the Clarkian side of the spectrum. Totally. Yeah, you know, as 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 the the right way, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, of of course we're going to torture people. How else are you going to get information? And and on and on, right? And you know, in our, uh, uh, you know, you bring it forward twenty years in our, uh, in our current age of uh, a return of a highly nativist. Uh, liberal democratic West, you know, I mean, almost every Western nation uh, is grappling with nativist, anti-immigrant, fear of the other mm-hmm. contexts. You know, I- I- imagine what JMS would do with the prestige format program that this program could be, uh, you know, going forward. We, we don't have to really imagine what JMS would do with a prestige format show about fear of the other uh, in the mid 20 teens because he did it. That's right. <laughs> exactly. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, with with a lot more nudity than Babylon Five had. 
with uh, with one hundred percent more nudity, yes, and sexual fluid fluidity, absolutely, yep, yeah. Uh, so so we 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 get with our you know our Earth story, not only a slammingly good space battle. Oh, that was so it was gorgeous. Yeah, they've really it's it's astounding. I mean, we've only mm. said it a hundred times. Astounding yeah. how far the technology's come. Yeah. Really. Those really Earth is. Alliance ships looked great. And think about the computers that they were being, that, that, that was being generated on. Ridiculous. At the time. Yeah. I, I, my, my phone is probably stronger. Correct. You know? Correct. I, take, those, take those files, reprocess, this, reprocess them now. And my word, I, I, my I need word. to go lie down. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have the vapors. Yeah. Right. Uh, and the Earth Alliance ship aesthetic has always been my jam. Yeah. You know, big, boxy, rotating, um, you know, yeah, it's yeah. great. You know, you, your nice sort of sleek, you know, streamlined, you know, Minbari or, or uh, you know, White Stars or yeah. those kind of, you know, that, yeah. that, 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 that's fine. The Orville. Give me, yeah. Give right. me something that looks like it's, it's just barely holding together <laughs> and it could it could spin apart at any moment right and i'm right, right. i'm very happy right you want more um uh more like a more like an auto parts store than like an apple store oh exactly yeah, yeah. right yeah you want to see those steel girders right mm-hmm. yeah you like your starship design the way that uh my partner john and i like our buildings brutalist and unforgiving right yes <laughs> more give me yeah, give give me a large. Well, even the board cube is you know maybe a Gorn cube, right. just kind of hurtling through space and some sort of flying brick. Right. Yeah. 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 You, you're, you're, yeah. You're sort of your gold standard is like a Vogon destructor fleet. Yeah. Right. How was how was it uh, the Douglas? It hung in the sky exactly in the way that bricks don't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, part of it goes back to Star Wars. You know, my, my Star sure. Wars influences, sure. which which was always my my go-to uh which definitely has a lot more clunky tech in it than star trek did yeah for sure although honestly the original trek was was pretty i mean it wasn't all that streamlined it didn't look like an apple store in 1968 would look right right it was it was clunky yeah Um, but uh yeah yeah anyway enough of the enough of talking about the yeah this this is good stuff this that Fantastic looking space battle, uh, ship you know ships coming through jump gates all around. Right, uh, you know plenty of good fighter action. Lots of uh, the ships from the different uh, uh, non-aligned worlds in there too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, r- really, what, you know, what more do you want? Right. Um, I I like my uh, and, and a big explosion of you know a ship crashing into a uh, into a, a landing bay. Oh, that's good. And stuff. taking out that was I was like oh yeah. You know, yes, I'll have I'll have one more of that, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, uh, I I definitely like my sort of capital ship to capital ship, uh, you know, two submarine commanders stalking each other in space kind of, mm-hmm. you know, balance of terror, you know, mm-hmm. Galactica hanging in there against a couple of base ships, uh, yep. you know, um, um, to, you know, to. Discovery, 
uh, you, you know, hang, hang, hanging in there. Um, but a big fleet operation. How can you go wrong? Yeah. Right. And in this case, you know, once again, they, you know, they deliver this ridiculous quality without having the, uh, without really having the tech, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, good on them. Yeah. Um, all of that being what it is, I think if we had only that, this would have been an extraordinary episode. I think what makes mm-hmm. it the best piece of work they've done so far is five minutes of Jakar and Londo mm-hmm. that is among the very, it's one of the very best scenes in genre television, I think, probably ever filmed. What an extraordinary, yeah. what an extraordinary statement. Mm. What, uh, I mean, what power these actors bring. I mean, we've only said it 50 times. But folks, yeah. if you were watching, if you're watching and listening, this is what we're talking about. This is what we're built. This is what we were sort of building to. Yeah. This is the stuff, you know, the, the space battles, Sheridan's, you know, fervor, great. It's it's the Londo and Jakar stuff that sticks with you 20 years later. Right. We made the, know, point, the intensity there. That's right. Mm-hmm. We made the point very early on that in our perspective, one of our thesis statements coming into this is we expected that our previous read of this show, which was we think the alien parts are better written and better acted, and the arcs are more compelling. We think that's going to be true. I think it has been largely true. And now we get to see, can these actors, can these characters in some way, as representatives of Centauriness and Narnness, move the needle and my word was peter jurassic doing some acting yeah holy mary there was, there was a, a a longing there a he, need a need he he needs he can i don't think he can forgive i don't think londo can forgive himself until until jakar forgives him that's right I think Londo realizes the enormity. I mean, he he lays it out here. He he realizes the enormity of the mistakes that he's made and the missteps. Right. And how close he came to ruining everything. Right. Um, Really, for the first time, we've seen honest, honesty from him. Yeah. Right. You know, which you and I have been saying any time now. Yeah. Honesty, please. Right. Yeah. Well, we got it here. You know, he he didn't just step to the edge. You know, he sort of, you know, we've 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 referenced <clears throat> Looney Tunes a number of times in the last few weeks. But he he sort of stepped off the cliff, danced around in the air for for quite some time, <laughs> um, and is now you know doing that like feet spinning I, I, run, yeah. trying to get himself back onto the cliff. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And uh, uh, maybe a stretched metaphor, but yeah, he's he he went way over the line. He knows it. Right. He's he's desperate to 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 get back to gain back some of his well, humanity's the wrong word, but to, to to regain his soul. Right. Um 
and 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 he knows that he knows that Jakar is is maybe the one person that he wronged the most. Right. Through everything, he right. needs that. He needs that forgiveness. Right. And. Whew, yeah. Mercy. Yeah. Does he need that? Yeah. Right. And I think he fumbles. Totally. Uh, as as he's starting, you know, when he says, "We've both had a hard year." You know, you just you nope. just have to laugh at him. No, nope. like, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you cannot find common purpose that way. I mean, he almost immediately no. pivots out of it. Yeah, he right? realizes the misstep. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, there there really isn't anything harder than having to go to someone who you can't. You know, you're going to see, you're going to interact with, you know, a family member, a dear friend, uh, uh, you know, a, a very close colleague who you have to go to and throw yourself on the sword. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's not easy to do. Londo's Definitely. not good at it. No, his natural arrogance prevents him from really knowing where to go with it. Right, right. But the more he kind of babbles, babbles on, uh, the more he... <laughs> I see, oh, we, waka, waka, I see waka. what you did there. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the, you know, the more heartfelt he gets. You know, he, he, right. he, it feels like he, he, he had a rehearsed line going in about the, we've had a hard year, and he was going to try to approach that way. And he's thrown off that, and he sort of he gets more natural in his in his appeals, right? You know, so by the right. time he gets to talking about how he he says, you know, I I don't know who the enemy is, but I know who my friends are, and I've I've not done well as well by them as I should, and I want to be better, right? You know, that's that's the that's the core of it, right? Um, you know, and 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 it's up to Jakar to decide can he be better, right? Even though they're never going to be friends. Right. Right. Londo has done immense damage to his friends. Mm-hmm. Jakar, who he basically acknowledges, we aren't, I know that, we're not going to be, but I cannot proceed with my life, Shakar, with us this way. Yeah. Our people can't be this way, and I can't be this way with you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now that's some honesty. Right. You know, and right. and to to pull it off in a way that felt that authentic requires uh, uh actors of consummate skill. And yeah. and don't for a minute think that Shakar, I'm sorry, that uh, Jurassic is doing the only heavy lifting here. To sit oh. in that place of rage mm-hmm. and to say virtually nothing no he had fewer lines than cersei in season eight of game of thrones right right that scene right yeah. he is doing all of his acting with his eyes mm-hmm. the set of his the cast of his lips a gesture with the pen the pouring of the 
of the drink back into the bottle. Mm-hmm. Jakar has three words. But, God bless, what a piece of acting. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know. If I were, if I were Londo, I, I don't know that I could, have, I could have stayed in there. Yeah. He hung in there. Londo yeah. hung in there, right? Yeah. I don't know that I could have. It was uh, it was powerful, and and he also has, in addition to the appeal to, uh, to 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 the emotions, the forgiveness. He has this this tr- joint treaty that he wants. Right. To so he's got the, he's got the practical matter, which he knows that Jakar is going to know is the right thing to do. Yes. Um, and yes. eventually does come around on it. Jakar obviously knows that this treaty between the Narn and the Centauri jointly supporting the efforts of the Earth Alliance, supporting Sheridan. That's definitely the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. So Jakar's journey is, how do I do this and not lose face? Because remember, what, what Londo has lost is the trust of his friends. Jakar hasn't just lost an eye. He screamed after being whipped. Mm-hmm. That is something that Narns do not do. He was tortured right. for months. You cannot make an equivalency between mm-hmm. Londo's suffering and Jakar's. It's indecent. Right. right. How does how does Jakar do the right thing in the terms of this of this war? You know, and and not give himself away, not completely give up the farm. Right. You know, to he can't he can't let he can't let the walls down that easily it's just not it's not acceptable it's not the right thing to do um but uh, is or is is this going to be a death of a thousand cuts where he right. agrees to this treaty to you know not on the same page uh, right he agrees to this and then next time he agrees to something else and something else and right. then they're having drinks together right yeah. right um and it brings us back to the episode where Emperor Han died. Mm-hmm. And Jakar, who for the first time ever sort of felt a, uh, you know, a, a sense of maybe something different. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, kind of then- le- le- learning that the truth will always be kind of uh, you know, painful. Right. Right. I think an extraordinary episode. And, oh, and, and, you know, look, look the end. I'll sign it, mm-hmm. but on a different sheet of paper. Yeah. And you know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's further than I thought they'd go. Yep. Baby steps. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's hope we get more of this, right? I hope so. Okay. Uh, I've got an IMDb coin. I thought you would. Yeah. Okay. It's the question is who. So right. proceed. Proceed. Okay. Well, it's it's not Ken Jenkins, the captain of the Heracles. Okay. Uh, who went on to be Dr. Kelso on Scrubs. That's yes. too obvious. Yes, that's yeah, too clearly. obvious. Right. It's not Richard Gant, uh, Mackey. Damn you. Who, it's not? No. Oh, God. Uh, Where are we going? He was in... 
he was, you know, he looks so familiar to me and I looked over his listing and he's been in a ton of things. He was in Smallville. He was in Lois and Clark. He was right. in Big Lebowski. Right. But, he's but been in everything. That, yeah, he's been in everything. No, I'm going to go with Marsha Mitzman Gavin, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> okay. Who was the first officer on the Heracles, the yeah, one who okay. leaves uh, Ken Jenkins of command. Yes. Yes. Okay. Go. She, I, she looked is, familiar to me, but I wasn't sure where. Well. Okay. I go. don't think it would be your looks that would that would have rung it for you, because she's the voice of Maude Flanders and Helen Lovejoy on The Simpsons. <laughs> Unbelievable. As well as many other characters. Yeah. <laughs> so, I would, so there we go. Yeah. Never in a million years would I have made that connection. No. No. Uh, and there we are. Didn't... Uh, didn't did, didn't uh, Mrs. Flanders die like a long time ago? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, like like in the like back when we the, were watching, back when the Simpsons were still good. Right, back in back in the Nixon administration, you know, in yeah, season the, fourteen the, of the Simpsons, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Place to see. Yeah. Yeah. The. <laughs> yeah, when it was in black and white, still. Yeah. Coming to you live in living color. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. Wow. All nice right. one, Chris. Hey, you know. Great episode. Had to return to classic form for the podcast. Rock on. Had to had to pull a good one of those. Rock out. on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Forty two minutes. Pretty good for a great episode. For a great episode. Yeah. yeah we've we may, maybe we've broken our uh, broken our spell. Yeah. You know, I I mm-hmm. I uh, I've been waiting for the episode that would uh, that would go above Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. In my you know inevitable, you mm-hmm. know what are what are our top ten episodes of this whole show. Yeah. Right. Kind kind of thing. When we get to the end of this thing, this uh, is, is going to be on the short list. Yeah. I mean, we're 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 most of the way through this, Chris. Yeah. You know, we're most of the way through season four, and uh, you know, and then onward to season five. Um, right. So, Chris, you want to take us out? I will do so, and we will. Uh, we encourage folks to. Let us know what you thought about the episode. Best place to do that is on the Facebook group, of course. Uh, You can leave us comments there. You can find us if you just Google the name of the pod. You know, we're the only one out there that you'll find. And uh, and while you're out there engaging in your search engines, uh, leave us a review. Tell somebody else that you know about the podcast, uh, someone that likes Babylon 5. Maybe Maybe it's a good time with your group to start a watch through. Uh, and and listen in the in the interim between uh, between your watches. We'd love it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And uh, come back and join us next week. Um, I don't have the episode listing uh, in front of me. It what are we is up to? Uh, exercise of vital powers. Exercise of vital powers. Garibaldi arrives on Mars and meets William Eggers, who ah, is played splendid. by uh, the dashingly. Uh, uh, handsome, white-haired Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Voice of Alfred from the uh, Batman cartoon. Just as you say. Yes. All right, folks. Until next okay. time. All right. Cheers. See you, folks. Bye. Bye.